BSD Talk number 159. It's Thursday, October 2nd, 2008. I just have an interview for you today, so here it is. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking with Chris Moore. It's been a while, so uh, welcome back to the show. Oh, glad to be back. So, I think obviously one of the main reasons to talk to you today is the recent release of PCBSD 7.0. So, could you let us know sort of some of the major highlights of it? Uh, you know, there's release notes if people want more details, but what are some of the more interesting or major new features that come out with the 7.0 release? Well, first of all, I'll just point out the whole 7.0 versioning scheme is different. People will notice that we just jumped from 1.x to 7.0, and that's the first big change. We're going to try and keep our versioning uh, to reflect what version of FreeBSD is actually running underneath. So this release would be based on 7.0 stable and the next release will be based on 7.1 release or stable, depending on what's out. But aside from that, in the big jump to FreeBSD 7, we've also uh, added the KDE 4.1.1 desktop, and that alone is a whole can of worms, quite a huge uh, jump in the desktop experience. So many users, that's the first thing they're going to see is how different the desktop looks and works. But aside from that, you know, a lot of tweaks and tune-ups in our software, our GUIs, our tools. We've uh, added some different features for installation, such as uh, DVD now instead of having to use uh, two or three CDs. We've also added a USB install. I know we have a, a couple of users who are running on those ASUS uh, EEE PCs, and uh, they don't have a DVD or CD drives, so we added the USB option for them. And we've also added a boot-only install, which will let you install PCBSD7 directly over the Internet or a local network if you've downloaded the files and you want to mirror them yourself. A few other cool features, which uh, more advanced users may appreciate, is that we've added support for uh, UFS2 plus journaling and ZFS support right in the installer. It's literally just one box. You click it, tell it what you want to use, and it goes ahead and formats the system with that specified file system. And is that every slice, or is it sort of a, a slice for the boot and then ZFS or UFS journaling on sort of a well, data partition? It's for every slice right now. The way it works is if you choose ZFS, it'll actually make everything ZFS except for a small uh, boot partition, which needs to be UFS. But with journaling, same thing. If you make uh, all your different partitions, then it'll go ahead and use journaling on each of them. We don't have it set per slice just yet, but we may in the future if that's a request that people want done. But uh, we've also added some features to the Wi-Fi support and detection as well, which is pretty nice since we're seeing more and more systems running on laptops. Any new architectures being supported? Uh, Just uh, 386, 32-bit right now. Uh, We have a 64-bit release in production at the moment. We decided to stagger the releases on them since there is a lot of work involved getting all the PBIs approved and uploaded. And we're actually in the process of getting the 64-bit build going right now. should be out within a few weeks. If people would like to help us uh, test this when the first ISOs are available, please feel free to join our testing mailing list, and I'll go ahead and let you know when it's uh, available and where you can grab it. A lot of different free operating systems are moving towards a scheduled release cycle, like maybe every six months. Are you doing a similar thing? 
we're trying to get it. You know, our goal is very similar. We want to try and release every six months, but it just depends on, on other factors. You know, we are built off free BSD. So if they're, if we're waiting for something to be pushed out from them, obviously that may adjust our schedules. The same thing in this case with KDE. If it was about four months ago, we decided we were going to move to KDE four, but it took several, several months for us to get it to the point where we felt it was workable on the desktop. But most of the porting hadn't even been finished yet at that point. And the guys from the uh, FreeBSD KDE team did a great job finishing it up and getting it moved over. So we waited till 4.1 was available. We didn't want to release with an older 4.0 version, which wasn't quite supported. And when that was available, we went to beta and started uh, really testing it, trying to work out all the hiccups that we could. Has working with IX Systems allowed you to have more full-time staff working on PCBSD? Well, right now I'm full-time. We have a few other people in the California office who work uh, on PCBSD on the side as well, in addition to their main jobs. But we have a few uh, part-time people now which have come on board, which is great, helping us do some development and um, you know, getting PBIs updated and released for the web. But, uh, yeah, their support has definitely been very, very uh, much appreciated and helpful. And there's, with the corporate structure behind us, we're finally starting to make some progress with other companies who want to do stuff on BSD but have just not known who to talk to to get it done. You mentioned some people helping out with PBIs, and that's another topic that I wanted to, to bring up. You know, in, in recent history, you did a lot of work to revamp the PBI build system so that things can happen automatically. How has that helped the release of PBIs for the 7.0 release? Oh, that's that's been a huge improvement. Uh, traditionally, just to recap for people who aren't aware, the old PBI system, a user actually had to sit down and figure out how to package a piece of software like Firefox, for example, and then send us the file. We would approve it and upload it. problem was that took a lot of time, and a lot of times users didn't want to have to sit there and re-roll PBIs for us to release just because a new point version came out. So some of the PBIs started getting stale. So uh, around Christmas of last year, I finished up a tool which basically tracks the port system and uh, monitors it for changes. So, for example, when a new Firefox hits ports, it goes ahead and rebuilds the PBI for Firefox automatically. And these just rely on small modules which uh, just tell the build server what to do, what files to include, what ports to rebuild, etc. And what's really cool about this is now for these new releases, uh, in this case when we jump to 7, 7.0 is not fully binary compatible with the 6.0, so we weren't able to move all our old PBIs over to, to 7. But since we have the build server, I was able to tell it to kick off a full build of everything in the repository. And it took about a week and a half, two weeks, but once it was done, we had all the PBIs we had available on 6 now ready to go for 7, with a couple exceptions for a few ports, which didn't work quite right under 7. It required a little bit of manual tweaking. But again, that was very minor compared to having to do everything by hand. And you support upgrades from the 6 series to the 7 series? At this point, we do not. And we've had several people ask about this, so this would be a good time to kind of address this for some folks. Um, one of the reasons I have not supported an upgrade from 6 to 7 just as of yet is that so much has changed, it may not be, I guess, worthwhile or efficient for the user to do it. For example, since the binaries are incompatible, all your old PBIs and programs you have on 6 will not translate over to 7. So you're pretty much going to get a fresh system in that uh, standpoint. The same thing applies to KDE, though. We can't even import your old KDE configuration because this has gone from 3 to 4, and these, again, are not compatible. So you're going to lose your entire desktop configuration. 
So what it's going to boil down to is if you're going to do an upgrade, you might as well just do a fresh one and move over your actual personal data, your documents, your files, and then uh, just grab the new applications you want. Otherwise, if there was an easier way, I would be glad to offer an upgrade. But at this point, I, I don't think that it would be a, what users would want or would expect necessarily. There's a little more involved in that. Are there any utilities to help users back up their data, or at least the important data, in order to migrate it to a new install? There are some backup tools. Obviously, you know, if, if you're a console guy, you can always drop down, use TAR, and move your data over. That's how I've done several systems here. But uh, there are some GUI backup tools you can use to dump it to a file or to a DVD or even use just K3B and burn it to disk, boot, install fresh, and then just take it off the disk again. I mean, there's obviously numerous ways to do this. I guess another aspect to PCBSD, now that it's working with IX systems, is the whole business model side of, of PCBSD. And, you know, I, I don't know what, what you can specifically talk about, but some things are, you know, PCBSD now appearing on hardware pre-installed thanks to IX systems. And mm-hmm. uh, so that might be something to talk about and also, um, you know, how it's going from providing end-user support. Well, definitely. Obviously, we're trying to support PCBSD, and uh, in doing so, we're supporting FreeBSD. So a lot of times if somebody's running a server install, it's really a free BSD question they're asking, and we can provide support for that via IX Systems now. And you can check that out on the IX Systems website to get more information about that. But we're also starting to offer some hardware. We have a, a IX Systems Invincibook laptop, which I have here on my desk. It's quite a nice little system, and what's cool about IX Systems supporting this is they were able to get the drivers written to support the system that weren't in FreeBSD already, and now they've been put in the 7 stable, and I believe they'll be in 7.1 as well. So as we release new hardware, we should be able to get new drivers out, which benefits the entire community at the same time. Does this uh, notebook have a lot of the traditional features that people expect out of a modern notebook, like PC card slots or web cameras oh, yeah. or other things like that? Yeah, it's it does not have a webcam, but it has pretty much everything else at this point. It's got a microphone, it's got the PC card, it's a widescreen system, it's got an Intel video card with 256 megs of video RAM, it's a dual-core uh, little system. I mean, it's a nice, fast machine. I've used it here for a lot of, lot of compiles because it's so quick, actually. But uh, it's a great system, and the Intel drivers on it work perfectly for running KDE with 3D support as well. And are you going to be going to any of the conferences, the BSD conferences, to promote yeah. PCBSD? Yeah, I'm actually going to be up in New York City in a couple weeks here, at uh, New York City BSD Con, and then it looks like I'll be out at a Meet BSD, which is a little later in November, and IX Systems is putting that together and sponsoring it, and I believe it's out at Google. But, uh, yeah, I'll be out there in November as well. Great. Well, I, I know I'll, I'll be seeing you in New York then. Uh, maybe you can stop by my table and, and have another chat. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'll be glad to show you the laptop, even, if you're interested, and uh, you can give a little description for the users of things you may notice about it. Great. Well, are there any other topics that you wanted to talk about today? Uh, Not anything specifically. Um, I guess I will mention that on the business side, we are making some good progress on starting to get some uh, proprietary software finally released for BSD, and by that I mean Flash, hopefully, here very soon. <laughs> We've heard reports that Adobe has told us they do have a Flash binary which runs on FreeBSD, including 64-bit, which would be really cool. And at this point, we're working with them, hoping to have something by the end of the year, because I know on the desktop side, that's probably one of the most critical things people are asking for is a true native Flash solution. Great. Well, I'll see you, I guess, in a couple of weeks in New York, and Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today. Oh, thank you very much. Always a pleasure.
If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 159.